0: Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader, my name is J.P. Josh, thank you for tuning in today. Proud to be broadcasting for all of you today, wherever you get your podcasts, starting right before 11am every single day, wherever you get your podcasts, full archive, available wherever, make sure, okay, I never say at the beginning of the episode because I don't want to bombard you and make you want to click off the podcast. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, liberals—and I'm not using this as one of those things. It's like, liberals like to tank it, so we need your support. No, I'm being completely serious. I have like a uh, three-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And it's tied between five- and one-star reviews. Liberals tank my reviews because they don't like that I have a voice. They don't like that I'm an independent conservative hosting a successful podcast— Because I'm going against their narrative. So make sure you rate five stars on Apple Podcast. It's very easy. Very simple. I'm going to walk you through that and then we're going to get into the episode. So you scroll down. You're on the main page. You scroll down past the episodes. You see ratings and reviews. Click the five star button. Click out of the app. That's all you need to do. It's very easy. Very simple. Thank you for the support. We fought so hard for Kavanaugh, for Amy Comey Barrett, to ensure a conservative majority, to ensure that whatever the leftists, whatever the attacks that the leftists wanted to do on our Constitution, on our rule of law, they were blocked. The conservative Supreme Court, the 6-3 conservative majority, leaves a state vaccine mandate in place for health care workers. The U.S. Supreme Court has turned away a challenge to New York's state vaccine mandate for health care workers, a mandate that provides no exceptions for religious objectors. The vote was six to three. This was the second time the court has refused to block such a state mandate for the healthcare workers. As in an earlier case from Maine, New York provides only one exemption from the mandate, and that is a narrow medical exemption for those who have suffered a severe allergic reaction after a previous dose of the vaccine or a component of the COVID vaccine. That is the standard recommendation recommended by the CDC after finding if the vaccines are safe for immunocompromised people, pregnant people, and people with underlying conditions. The sixth justice majority included the three, the court's three liberals and three of the conservative justices, Kavanaugh, Barrett, and John Roberts. They wrote no opinion, simply turning aside an emergency request asking the court to block the law. New York, like Maine before, it, argued that the whole purpose of the mandate is to require high levels of complacent in order to protect patients from contagions. And to staunch the pandemic as new variants arise, the effectiveness of broad mandates like this are perhaps the best illustrated by a spread se- pred- spreadsheet provided by the city of New York. It shows that the mandate 60 percent, the mandate 60 percent of those working for the fire department were vaccinated. As this week, the percentage was 94 percent. In its brief, the state noted that the COVID-19 vaccination rules are the same as pre-existing vaccine requirements for measles and rubella that have been in effect for decades. The state agreed that, where possible, federal law requires employers to provide reasonable accommodations for religious objectors, but it noticed that it does not require employers to offer objection for their preferred accommodation, namely a blanket religious exemption allowing them to continue working at their current positions unvaccinated. Descending were Clarence Thomas, Neil Neil Gorsuch, and Samuel Alito. Gorsuch, writing for himself and Alito, maintained that religious uh, religious objectors, I'm so sorry, are ineligible for unemployment compensation, and that state mandate excludes suspicion of those who hold unpopular religious beliefs. Why did we fight? Why do we put our blood, sweat, and tears on the line? And I'm not saying that I have, but I know a lot of conservatives have. To nominate conservatives who are going to uphold freedoms, to uphold our Constitution... To uphold conservative values on the Supreme Court? Why do we fight so hard for the nominations? Why is that our hill to die on? Because conservatives love to point out that Trump nominated like 300 judges or whatever it was. I don't know how many. How many judges did Trump nominate? 200 appointed to the federal bench. But if those 200 don't uphold values, don't uphold conservative beliefs, don't uphold freedom, don't strike down medical tyranny, what is the point? Why do we fight so hard for these people who do not fight for us? Because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of us working so hard to have conservatives on the bench. I'm tired of us working so hard to make sure that conservatives will be on the Supreme Court to make sure that they won't pack the court because they don't do anything for us. They don't uphold the Constitution. They don't uphold freedoms. They don't uphold personal liberty. They uphold whatever New York wants to do, whatever Maine wants to do with their mandates. Last year's heroes The men and women, the nurses, the firefighters, the policemen who are on the ground serving people with COVID-19, who most definitely have a prior immunity of COVID-19 already built up, are now being mandated to get this shot. And the Supreme Court does nothing to stop it. The United States Supreme Court doesn't care about your freedoms because they're appointed there for life and we can't do anything about it so why would they actually stand up for anything because it doesn't affect them and the conservative justices that we fought so hard to nominate to get on the to get on the bench it is completely and utterly useless and i i'm i'm frankly disgusted by our conservative justices by our supreme court that does not uphold uphold freedoms does not uphold liberty does not uphold your ability to not get this vaccine if you don't want this vaccine. That is what their number one priority should be right now. That is the number one issue facing this country right now. And they should be upholding freedom, upholding the ability to not get vaccinated, upholding the ability to not let the special interest group, to not let big pharma control your medical life. They should be upholding that. They should. But they won't. But they won't. And I'm very upset about that. Something I'm not really upset about, because I do want to change the pace here, but something that a lot of liberals are going to be upset about is Joe Biden denies student loan payment extension payments to restart in February, according to com. President Joe Biden on Monday declined to extend a program that suspended student loan payments during the pandemic. Students will be expected to return to making payments beginning February first. Saki told Forbes we will engage directly with federal student loan borrowers to ensure they have the resources they need and are in the appropriate repayment plan. The Department of Education is already communicating with borrowers to help them to help to help them to help to prepare for the return to repayment on February first. The suspension of payments benefited about forty-one million borrowers, the White House added, but far left Democrats have have called on Biden to continue the extension to protect the financial devastation of millions of borrowers, those include Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Elizabeth Warren. During Biden's presidency, the administration has fought $12.5 billion in student loan debt for nearly 640 students, uh, forgiven, I'm sorry. And as of January 31st, 2022, student loan borrowers will have received $110 billion in student loan cancellation from 22 months of temporary student loan forbearance. Forbes reported, But the forgiveness and delay of billions in debt are not good enough for many on the left. I worked full-time Monday through Friday and took weekend classes to get my law degree, Rashida Tlaib said on the House floor, and still close to two hundred million, no 200000 in debt, and I still owe, owe, owe over 70000 and most of it was interest. Tlaib hauls in about $175,000 a year from her congressional paycheck. I respect Joe Biden. I respect this decision from the Biden administration. I never thought I'd say those words the way this this regime is playing out. The way this American experiment is playing out. <laughs> but I respect this decision. Surprisingly. I respect Joe Biden's decision to not uphold student or to, to, to not uphold the moratorium on payments, to not forgive the payments. Because you have the choice if you want to go to to college or not. And it is not the federal government's job to pay for you to go to college. I'm sorry. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Okay. So the January 6th panel recommends contempt for Meadows. A contempt charge for Meadows. Trump Jr. Fox hosts over the Capitol riots. This is a uh, CNBC key points. I can go over the full article if I feel like I need to, but I'm just going to use the key points for now. The select committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot recommended that the House hold former President Donald Trump's White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, in contempt of Congress for depo- t- defying a Sabina. The bipartisan nine-member panel voted unanimously in support of sending to the House a report that included a resolution recommending a vote to find Meadows in contempt. The panel also revealed a series of text messages that Meadows had received on January 6th, including from Fox News host and Trump's own son, calling on the then-senior aide to get the president to take action. Let's see here if there's anything else in this. He's got to condemn this S-blank-blank-blank ASAP. Donald Trump Jr. texted Meadows at one point. Um, Meadows had refused to sit for a deposition to answer questions. Um... White House Chief of Mark Meadows in the Oval Office? Oh, that's a picture. I'm sorry. I'm reading a caption. I, I use print friendly, and I've missed some of the captions. I'm sorry. Please get him on TV, destroying everything you have accomplished. Text to Brian Kilmeade and Fox and of uh, Fox and Friends. Can he make a statement? Ask he believe the Capitol urged Sean Hannity. Um, texted Meadows again and again. Donald Trump Jr. did. We need an Oval Office address, according to Trump Jr. Mark, the president needs to tell people to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy. Cheney said, quoting a t- text from Fox host Laura Ingram, I, "I, I, think they're true. I'm pushing it hard. I agree." Meadows responded, according to Cheney, I, "I, I, agree." One thing about the Capitol riot that I'm going to continue to say is that they had a problem with the government, and they took it to the government. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this for the rest of the time. The people had a problem with the government, what the government was doing, stealing their elections, and they took it to the government. But it did destroy Trump's legacy. Trump worked long and hard for four long years with everyone against him to pass conservative legislation, to build the wall, to fulfill all of these promises that he made. And uh, honestly, I'm forgetting a couple of them now because of because of this riot, because it's all you can remember from Trump, because they're not focusing on the positivity that Trump has proposed and they're not focusing on the positive aspect of the Trump administration. They're focusing on the Capitol, riot because the Capitol riot is what's going to get them. We're going to get Liz Cheney Democrat, the Wyoming um, Democratic Party endorsement. And that's what she wants at this point. My name is Yuppie Josh. We'll be right back after this here on the conservative crusader. Yeah, we'll be right back after this. Welcome back. This is the conservative crusader. Let me find my number really quick because I had a number. I forgot to write it down. California vaccination rate. How many Californians are vaccinated from COVID-19? Let's see here, United States, uh, all regions. Let's go to California. Sixty-four point nine percent. Sixty-five percent is going to be a number that we're going to talk a lot, of, a, a lot about in this segment, because sixty-five percent of California is vaccinated. Story from the L.A. Times that came across my desk this morning. California orders a statewide mask requirement starting tomorrow amid rising coronavirus cases. Faced with rising coronavirus cases and growing concerns about the Omicron variant, California is ordering a statewide mask mandate for indoor public spaces to go into effect Wednesday. The move comes as coronavirus cases in California case, coronavirus case races in California I'm going to try that again. The move comes as coronavirus case rates in California have risen by almost 50% in the last two and a half weeks. And COVID-19 hospitalizations are up nearly 15%. County health officials across the state say they suspect they may be seeing the start of a winter jump in coronavirus cases. The U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention Ranks, California, is having a high level of transmission of the coronavirus. The worst tier in the federal agency's four-tier scale. Let's see. There's a critical time where we have a tool... That we know has worked and can work. Uh, California's Health and Human Service Secretary said on Monday, "We are proactively putting this tool of universe indoor masking in public settings in place to ensure we get a get through a time of joy and hope without a darker cloud of concern and despair." That's about it for now. Uh, California COVID positivity rates, COVID test rates. Let's do that. Let's see here if I can find this. Cases fifty eight hundred a day. Florida COVID vaccination rate. Sixty. Oh never mind, that's the wrong number. Uh why do they have to do this? What do they sixty-two point five percent of Florida is fully vaccinated. So just about two and a half percent less. Let's see here, what did I Google for this to get a completely accurate fair? Comparison, Florida. COVID test rate. Uh, let's see here. Is there? Are there data? Let's see here. Weekly numbers. In a week, they've had thirteen thousand five hundred thirty cases. How many people? Uh, California. I could pause the podcast while I'm doing this, but no, you, you guys are with me population difference. Okay, so they have like half the population and they have less than half of the COVID tests or positivity rate. If I'm reading these numbers right, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a data scientist at all, but Republican policies and in, in Governor DeSantis in Florida is doing much better than Newsom is what I'm trying to get at. is what I'm trying to get at. Newsom is instituting a indoor mask mandate COVID vaccine mandates. And they're losing. They're losing the battle to Florida. Obviously, they're having less cases because they're a smaller population. But you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm trying to say. Man, that's a really long article. I'm not reading all that here on the podcast. I won't have any time for anything else. Oh my. This article's like three pages long. I guess I didn't realize that. Okay. I have an entire tree worth of paperwork from one article from the LA Times. Thank you. LA Times. Greatly appreciated. Yeah, it's a very long article. I'm not reading that all on the podcast. I didn't realize it was that long to begin with. I mean, I read it, but it was on... Before it was printed out. So I didn't realize it was that long. Jeez, come on, LA Times. Save the planet. I don't have to print it off, I guess. But I do. I like having the physical papers on my desk in case they want to put it behind a paywall halfway through recording, because that's never happened before. Okay. That was a really bad segment. I don't care. You know? We're just going to... I don't agree with the mask mandate... I don't think it's going to help, but, you know, you do you. You do you, California. I'm not going to stop you. Protesting voting rights activists arrested as Biden meets with Joe Manchin. This is going to be an interesting story. From The Guardian, during a crucial week for Joe Biden's agenda that will likely feature a political showdown on the Build Back Better legislation in the Senate, voting rights activists are tuning up the pressure in Washington as the U.S. president of the key centrist Democrat who has acted as a roadblock to his plans, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. More than 60 demonstrators were arrested as they protested, singing songs and blocking traffic near the U.S. Capitol. The diverse group of activists came to Washington from around the country and were focused primarily on issues around voting rights and poverty. When the focus turned to voting rights, the talk became more focused on Manchin and the White House's apparent inability to pass, all, to apply all of its power to pass legislation to protect the votes. Arizona students staged hunger, sh- hunger strikes to urge cinema to support voting reform. I think we're moving the ball, but we have to get it. Across the finish line, we're going to have to keep pushing. They don't need to go home. They don't need to be going home for Christmas. We need to get voting rights taken care of," said Melanie Campbell, the president of the National Coalition of Black Civic Participation, as she waited to speak to the assembled crowd of more than 500 people. As news spread that Manchin was signaling he wanted more changes to Biden's already stripped Build Back Better legislation because of his concerns over inflation, activists at the rally were not impressed. That's his whole game: slow it down, block it, get things get done. Get things get done for the billionaires, his corporate donors, then to undermine voting rights, let it all uh, the suppression bills get passed. That wouldn't get passed if we had the Voting Rights Act restor- restored and when we had federal protection, said Reverend William Barber, president of Repairs of the Breach. He's a trickster. The president needs to go to West Virginia, stop meeting with him in his office, go to his state. Okay, I'm stopping there. I don't think if President Biden went to West Virginia, he'd be very welcome. Not, not to say anything about the people of West Virginia. I, I've been there a few times. Very kind people. will give you the shirt off their back. The salt of the earth. But I don't think they like Joe Biden. Manchin was elected in 2020, wasn't he? I, I think he was. Okay. Uh, 2020 election in West Virginia. So in West Virginia, President Trump received 68% of the votes. Joe Biden received just under 30. So was was the was his election um this is just the presidential page. Why is Wikipedia organized so terribly? 2020 Senate elections in the United States. Okay. We're we're doing some digging today, folks. I know it wasn't her this it wasn't her this time. There wasn't him this time. But let's just go back to when it was him. When was he? I don't understand how to use Wikipedia. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how so many. Election Twitter accounts spend all day on Twitter. On Wikipedia. I don't understand. Anyways, he was elected. By a pretty stern margin last time he was elected. Joe Manchin was. I think it was 2018, but I can't find that to save my life. So if Joe Biden was to go to West Virginia, as Reverend William Barker claims, I don't think he'd be very welcomed because he lost pretty phenomenally. With talks of direct action and in-office protest directed at Manchin and others, Barber and other activists promised to apply more pressure on lawmakers this week. have been frustrated by what they view as a lack of focus from the Biden administration regarding voting rights. I think this is on the John Lewis. Lo- yes, it is. I just looked over the page. Many have warned the White House of the president that Biden's 7 million vote victory bus-dressed by strong turnout in predominantly black cities such as Atlanta, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee will be difficult to repeat without cementing the support of those same voters. With 2022 midterm elections on the horizon? The urgency about which agenda items Biden will focus on is a hot topic in the activist community. We go to streets for nonviolent direct action. This is just the precursor, Barbara told the crowd of activists. If you think this is action, you watch how he mobilize when we don't have to be so COVID-safe. There's only one answer to 19 states that have passed voter suppression laws. Zero states have passed voter suppression laws. Um, there is only one answer to all this election sub- subversion. The only election subversion is the election being stolen from President Trump. There's only one answer to all this work that they're doing to pass the people from election boards. There's only one answer to gerrymandering that has passed the acts now. It was referring to the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. The bill would restore provisions in the Voting Rights Act of 1965 that were removed by the Supreme Court's Shelby V. Holder decision in 2013. Okay. I'm not exactly sure what Shelby Shelby V. Holder was. Roe V. Wade can't be overturned. We have to kill all of the babies. All the babies have to be murdered. But yeah, I guess you can just do this. No. The elections, the process at which elections are held, is a right of the state legislature. Not the right of the senators, not the right of Joe Manchin, not the right of Joe Biden, not the right of Kristen Sinema, not the right of Mitch McConnell or Chuck Schumer. Not of the right of Sherrod Brown or Rob Portman or state or representatives either. It is the right of the state legislatures. People more like Representative Brian Stewart, who we had on the podcast from Ohio. We're getting a phone call. I don't think that's a good call. It says potential spam. Okay, right. <laughs> people more like brian stewart from ohio well, on the ohio state legislature that we talked about here on the show we talked to here on the show have more authority in elections than joe biden does than joe manchin does then kirsten cinema does and if you don't like that go back in time and tell the founders yourself i'd like to hear the response Kamala Harris unveils plan for electric vehicle charging network. The Biden administration released an ambitious federal strategy Monday to build 500,000 charging stations for electric vehicles across the country and bring down the cost of electric cars with the goal of transforming the U.S. auto industry. The future of transportation in our nation and around the world is electric, Vice President Kamala Harris said in an EV charging facility in suburban Maryland. The $1 trillion infrastructure law President Biden signed last month authorizes a nationwide network of charging stations and sets aside $5 billion for states to build them, including 63 million for Maryland, which is where she was. The law also provides a million uh, an additional 2.5 billion to local grants to support, to support charging stations in rural areas and in disadvantaged communities. Biden's 2 trillion social and environmental policy act now pending in the Senate includes a 7500 tax credit to lower the cost of electric vehicles. You want to make electric vehicles accessible for everyone. Absolutely. They to make it accessible for everyone and easy. Just like filling up your car with gas. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. The American people, the people making $50,000 a year, people who are actively getting screwed over by the policies of this administration, cannot afford an electric vehicle. That's a fact. The people who are truly impacted by the policies of the Joe Biden administration, by the rising gas prices, is not Christian Walker, a rich kid on the Internet, complaining in a $1,200 sweatshirt with a $500 keychain. It's not your Tesla driver. And it's not someone in Congress who can make $174,000 a year. It's that parent, it's those parents who just moved out of, maybe just moved out of their parents' house. Who just had a kid working two jobs to make ends meet and they can't afford to fill up their car with gas. Do you really think that family can afford an electric car? I don't. My name is Juppie Josh, this is The Conservative Crusader. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. Hopefully, with no personal technical difficulties on my end. Got to call support today. with The Roadcaster Pro. It makes me very sad. Gotta do what you gotta do. My name is P. Josh. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. Stay tuned.